0: Hello and welcome to the Long Day's Journey to Film Podcast. I'm Russ, here with my co-host here.
1: Andy here.
0: And we're going to talk about some movies. Um, Yes, sir. Should I come up with a better um, opener, opening line than that? Kind of, it's kind of boring. Anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) we're going to talk about some uh, Rape and Revenge movies that are very different. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, so if if you don't want to be spoiled for Ingmar Bergman's *The Virgin Spring* from 1960 and the *Last House on Left* from, by Wes Craven from 1972, then don't watch this. Or or do if you don't just don't care. Uh, but yeah, I. Um, so before we get to the movie discussion this time, um, we're gonna do we're gonna do something new and experimental this week. On um, uh, the Discord server, oh yeah, let me just real quick shout out the Discord server. Um, shout out to Movies and More Discord server and Film Collective Discord server. They're both good movie servers. Um, uh, the Film Collective just turned one years old, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, over on uh, Movies and More Discord server, I asked the asked some all the nice people there um, for some questions. Um, like that are movie-related so we can have a question segment like I've seen on other podcasts because I'm, I'm a hack and I just steal other podcast <laughs> ideas. Um, so, yeah. If you want to leave a question, you can leave it in the YouTube comments section or join the Discord server that I'll link down below in the description and ask there. Starting off, uh, we got from dan our very own dan who was in several episodes um so thanks dan for asking the question um what film got you into film
1: that's hmm. pretty easy for me i think i've mentioned it on a previous episode already but uh scream hmm. i think screams the movie where i realized that uh i really like film <laughs> uh
0: yeah for me um I always watched stuff when I was younger, um, especially Star Wars and like Jurassic Park, just like classic stuff, uh, with my family. Same. Um, But like, it was never really like, like I really loved those movies, but it was never like a big thing. Movies to me. Eventually, I got into stuff like Marvel and you know mainstream stuff like Fast and Furious or whatever. But then I saw Baby Driver, um, and it made me realize that editing is like really fucking cool. And that just kind of made me, like, appreciate filmmaking more. Um, And, like, at that point, I was kind of getting into movies of different sorts. But that just really made me appreciate, like, the actual, like, filmmaking. Uh, Then I saw Taxi Driver, um, which is still my favorite film um, all these years later. It's just really connected with me in, like, a way that no movie really ever did before. And, yeah, that that just really got me into all kinds of movies and... Especially older stuff, because, like, I always kind of thought of anything before, like, the, like, 90s as, like, oh, it's, like, an old, really old movie, you know? Um, even though I watched stuff like Star Wars, I, I never really thought about it. I just thought, like, oh, anything, like, pre-90s is probably just, like... Yeah, I
1: thought Star Wars was, like, super old when I was into those when I was younger. I was barely just touching the surface.
0: Yeah, and, like, I always thought of, yeah, it just... And then, you know, Tax Drivers from the 70s, I was like, man, there's, like, this whole other, like, world of film out there. And then, you know, eventually I got into foreign stuff. And, um, yeah, just, I don't know. It's pretty basic. But, yeah, Taxi Driver, my favorite movie of all time.
1: I don't know what my first foreign film was.
0: Actually, I can't say that's my favorite film of all time because I don't know what my favorite movies in the future will be. But it's my favorite movie of all time up until this point. <laughs> that makes sense. But um, I think my first foreign film was probably, like, old boy or something um which is another of, of my favorite films but uh, i really don't know
1: that's a good question i really don't mind e- no mine either
0: yeah it could uh, have been too too long ago yeah
1: it was like 2018
0: when i was like late 2018 early 2019 that's when i was getting into like foreign stuff
1: wasn't quite i think it might have been stalker a tarkovsky actually
0: that's a good for that's a good first foreign film
1: it's one of my top four on Letterboxd still to this day
0: we should do a we should do a tarkovsky episode yes anyway um what other questions i uh, got a few more from dan here um um pick one original soundtrack to listen to for the rest of your life um, easy for oh. me, that would be the soundtrack for An Elephant Sitting Still, um, from 2018, which is my second favorite film. Uh, yeah, I, I just... Film score
1: it. or soundtrack?
0: Um, original fuck. Hmm.
1: That's a hard question either way I put it. I think score-wise, I'm, I, I really like the Hellraiser score and, uh, the Candyman score. Mm, I, I need you like
0: see Candyman but
1: you haven't seen it yet
0: no i kind of want to see it since that new one's coming out um i'm interested new out now. Well. oh yeah yeah i, I want to see that i'll I probably watch it sometime it. in the next couple weeks um but yeah score wise i'd say easy elephant sitting still because i listen to it all the time so it's such a beautiful like um, melancholy sound Just, I, I fucking love
1: it in this movie yet, but koreana Koy- no koreana squat scene my bad i want to see that i, I want, want to see that less. The score in that is great. I would yeah. turn into it every now and then. Um, soundtrack wise,
0: Taxi Driver also has a great soundtrack that I listen to all the time. It's very um,
1: The Dazed and Confused soundtrack is really great.
0: Hmm, I need to rewatch that. Um, you know what has um, a good like soundtrack? Um,
1: Pilgrim has a great soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Um, Trainspotting has a good soundtrack of like. 80s, 90s songs? I haven't seen this
1: movie yet, but I know all the songs on the soundtrack are bangers, and that's the soundtrack to the movie Singles with Matt Dillon. Because um, I'm big into 90s music.
0: There are some really good soundtracks. Um,
1: Anything by Quentin Tarantino, pretty much.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, fuck. I'm my, I'm drawing a blank for some reason. Let me just...
1: This I could do a whole episode on music in film, pretty much. We should probably do that.
0: We probably could, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not against or opposed to doing, like, episodes that aren't what we've normally been doing. I mean, we've only done, what, like, fuck, like, six episodes, so we can kind of do whatever the fuck we want, we're you know? we <laughs>
1: just dipping our toes into this thing.
0: Yeah. Um... Um, the last question from Dan was, can you pick up the dry cleaning, honey? Yes, sir, I can. <laughs> Anything How for you, Dan? You? Um, alright. Mav, good old Mav, uh, asks, which four actors or directors would you invite to a dinner party, and why? Oh, Lord. Um, all right, um, David um, Lynch, for sure. Yes, I was he gonna to make say Manila. Straight up. Um, hmm.
1: Tuck. Um. David Lynch, Stanley Kubrick.
0: Oh, can they be? A living... go to,
1: I'm going to. I, directors I was just thinking
0: like. I was just thinking like living directors, so we can do like dead actors and directors too.
1: I hope so, because that's what I'm gonna go with. Huh. Um. Quentin Tarantino would be a great dinner guest.
0: Yeah. Um. You'd be very, um, probably very coked up as he usually
1: seems. Actors, though.
0: Um, fuck. I think
1: Leonardo DiCaprio would be a great dinner.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what would be a weird combination. I kind of want to get Lars von Trier in there. I, I bet that would be oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, what would be like a good combination? Combination of people who would like clash with each other. I Kind of want to say like Spike Lee, but who would like piss off Spike Lee?
1: Um Who piss Spike Lee? Phillips uh, <laughs> or something.
0: Um I don't know. Fuck, this is kind of a... Hmm.
1: Who would piss off Spike Lee? That's a good question. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, uh,
1: ooh. Yui Ball. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I
0: don't even know if
1: you I'm it. Yui? Yube? I don't know how the fuck
0: you say his name. We should do an episode on him. He's got some uh, interesting movies. <laughs> Paul W.
1: F. Anderson also. He's kind of like a mid-tier director. Yeah, I, I'm just going all over the place at this point. Um, so I kind of want
0: to get Michael Fassbender in there just because I like him so much. Um, ask him why the fuck he does so many terrible movies all when right, he's I'm a great actor. Two
1: directors and two actors. So I'm going to go David Lynch, Stanley Kubrick, Leonardo DiCaprio now I need a fourth.
0: Gaspard Noé.
1: <laughs> um, ooh, fuck! What's his name? Hold on, I can't think of his name. I absolutely love him as an actor. Uh, Oliver Reed, I love him. Oliver Reed, definitely.
0: Who else could I get in there? That would be- oh, Nicholas Cage. I bet he would be interesting. David Lynch, Nicolas Cage, um, Lars Von Trier, and fuck. Who else? I'm just trying to think of, like, the best, like, wackiest combination. It's not specific. I mean, I could just do all my favorites, like, you know, Lee Chang Dong and fucking um, Hanaki, but that's not that interesting. Um, I don't know, but definitely David Lynch. He's definitely, we have a seat open for David Lynch. Always. Yes. Um, Comment down below who you would think would make a good dinner party of. Film people, yeah. Trying to get some, trying to fill up that comment section, you know. (laughs) Oh, also, real quick, um, I'm stupid, and I didn't say in the last episode um, to recommend a movie for next episode because I'm 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 dumb, and I apologize for that. But next episode will be a listener recommendation, and yeah, it just whenever. It doesn't have to be just. Well, I can just cut this out. Whatever. Just what give us points? a film. Yeah, yeah. Just drop something down there, on the, in the YouTube. Just give us something so we can. Because um, if we don't, you know, we might eventually run on recommendations, and we'd have to cut the whole listener recommendation thing, and that kind of sucks. So yeah, leave something down there in the comments. Um, all right, we got some more questions here um, from Nikki. Uh, so thanks, Nikki. If you could spend, if you could spend a day on set for any movie, past or future, what, which would it be? Hmm.
1: Ooh.
0: Um. Anything with a lot of green screen is kind of funny, because it's like... Have you ever seen those videos where it's just, like, a Marvel yeah. movie without the green screen?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, something that would just get me the best of everything. Yeah, I would say The Thin Red Line by Terrence Malick would be a good one, just because... The sheer amount of actors and cast who were even there to film but never ended up in the movie.
0: Mm, yeah, I thought
1: the that would be interesting. Of talent around there. Mm.
0: I kind of want to say the sacrifice for the house burning scene when the guy forgot to turn the camera on or whatever, but that would probably be pretty fucking depressing.
1: Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's uh, um.
0: Any stuff I mean, for a Jackie Chan movie would probably be interesting because doesn't he like? T- do like a billion takes to get the stunts right. That might be interesting. Um,
1: yeah. Fuck. I can't think um, of
0: anything. Um,
1: Stays and confused would have been fine. Once upon a time in Hollywood.
0: Yeah. yeah that'd be cool. Or future. What, what would a what would a a good f- movie in the future that you'd want to be on the on the set of?
1: Uh, Twin Peaks season four. Cough, cough.
0: Fuck yeah! If that's happening, that'd be epic. Um,
1: yeah. Um, um a movie that's coming out.
0: I don't know. I, I'd like to see. I'd kind of like to be on the set of like a guest barn away movie, but just to see what the fuck it's like. I mean, I bet that would whatever
1: Cronenberg's kind of uh, doing next.
0: Yeah, what the fuck is that new movie of his called? It's like.
1: It's a remake of one of his older films. Uh, Time, Crimes of the Future.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to. Tellers
1: of the Flower Moon by Scorsese. Duck screens, multiverse of madness. Because I like weird stuff in superhero movies, and that probably has a lot of it.
0: But on the set, it'd probably just be mostly green screen. It would be like like if you've seen like, that oh video really? of like, um, Benedict Cumberbatch in like a CGI suit thing as um, it was for one of the Hobbit movies. Um, it's like smog oh, or something. yeah, it, it looks so goofy. But like, I don't know. I mean, he. he um, Anyway, I saw a great um, name
2: of
1: that the other day,
0: let's see. um, we got a few, a few other questions here. Um, uh, fuck, Mary, kill questions. It's um,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: fuck Mary kill alien aliens and alien 3
1: i've not seen alien 3 so i'll kill it
0: i'd kill alien 3 too fuck that movie
1: i, I don't um, know it doesn't have a good reputation so yeah i would have been killed regardless so i, I would it, Mary? i
0: would probably
1: i'm gonna fuck aliens and marry yeah. alien
0: same, yeah. Marry alien, fuck aliens, and kill alien free. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a hard one. Fuck, marry, kill, irreversible, solo, and Antichrist. That that's that's too hard. I don't want to kill any of them. Come on. Um, I don't know. Mm. Oh, that's that's hard. Why why you gotta do me like that? Um, probably. Fuck Solo, m- Mary Antichrist, and Kill Irreversible. Sorry, Irreversible. I love that movie, but out of the three. Um, um, fuck, Mary Kill, Lego Batman movie, Lego movie, and Lego movie part two. I've only seen the first one, so I
1: don't Not seen in the year um, I like the Lego games. I don't know why I've not seen the movies.
0: Love, fuck, and Marry and Die Happy with Bewitched, You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. I haven't seen any of those either. I don't really watch rom coms. Sorry, cool. Dan.
1: Good rom coms. We'll change that next week of course with Wink.
0: Yes. Um Punch Struck Love is good. I don't know. It's like the go to answer for people who don't like rom coms. Alright, uh, that does it for the, for the questions this week. Uh, I got some interesting ones there, so yeah, like I said before, if you want to leave a question down below, and we'll include it in the episode. Um, or the server, if you're in the Movies and More server. Um, do we got any movie news we want to talk about, or should we get to the Virgin Spring movie discussion?
1: News, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer came out and yeah. uh, it's going to be very exciting to see Tobey Maguire where he's not been confirmed but uh, I have a lot of nostalgia for those first three Spider-Man movies because I grew up with them and I saw the third one in theaters mm. so I cannot wait for that movie
0: I need to see those, I really do
1: we're, we're, we definitely need to do an episode on them
0: we should because I own all three of them on Blu-ray but just haven't seen them yet
1: I'm pretty sure I own all three of them. I don't know where they're at, though.
0: And the thing is, like, I love, like... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of superhero movies, but I really like um, 2000 superhero movies like Daredevil and Ghost Rider and shit, so I- I'd probably like those. I mean, like Daredevil, Ghost- yeah, like, Daredevil and Ghost... Yeah, like, Daredevil and Ghost Rider, they're not really good, but, I mean, I love them. The First um,
1: Punisher? I want to see that, too. I-, I own that
0: as well. But... I think I also own Warzone. The
1: Punisher with uh, Thomas Jane?
0: Uh, not yet, but I own it.
1: It's actually one of the better two thousand superhero movies.
0: I've tried watching the Punisher show with because I like John Bernthal. Bernthal, um, yeah, but I don't know why I've tried watching it like twice, or I just ah eh, not into it. Just not something I'm I into haven't it. Um. It. Anyway, so let's get on to the main topic this week's episode, which is yes, um, The Virgin Spring from 1960, directed by the one and only Ingmar Bergman. I, this is my first I... Bergman. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly new um, to Bergman, but I've seen a few of his films. Um, lately, I've been getting more into them. I, just this week, I watched uh, Fanny and Alexander, and I really loved that. So, yeah, I'm I like Bergman, but... I'm still new to his stuff, and... Um... Yeah, so... This is a... It's a Swedish... I kinda hate to call it a rape and revenge film. Cause, like... If you go to, like, Wikipedia, that's what it's classified as.
2: Right. But, it's...
0: like... It's kinda not. It is, technically. But it's not like I spit on your grave or something. Um... So, yeah, this is a classic, um, classic foreign film. So what do you think of it?
1: I actually surprisingly liked it. I don't know if I loved it per se, but I I liked it. Every time I watch one of these older movies, little black and white, I'm kind of like, eh, going into it for some reason. But I always end up liking them at the end. Mm. So this was also my first Birdman, as mentioned before.
0: Oh, do you want to give a description of it? Because I know how much you love giving descriptions of movies.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay, so, um, basically it's a story of, uh, I forget her name. I don't know why I'm forgetting her name.
0: Karen? Karen? Yeah,
1: Karen. It's like Karin or Karen? In the yeah, middle. I
0: have no idea. If I'm saying all the fucking Swedish names wrong, sorry, but I have no idea what I'm saying.
1: But it's about, uh, Karen, or Karen, gets sent to a church by her family.
0: In, like, medieval times.
1: Yeah, it's like 13th century, I think. And, um, she gets sent to go off to this church that's a little ways out on horseback with her, uh, adopted sister, I think?
0: Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, keep going.
1: Her servant. 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 Servant? He's pregnant. Oh. Yeah. It says servant. Yeah. Anyways. So they go out and then uh, the movie does a good job drilling in that uh, Karen is pretty innocent kind of young and a fruitful young lady. Very naive, per se. So she meets these three guys along the way to the church after being abandoned by her servant, who was scared of the woods.
0: Was that her servant?
1: It says servant on Wikipedia. Okay. okay. Who, uh, secretly worships the Norse deity Odin, by the way. Yes. That's the opening scene of the movie. Anyways, she gets abandoned by the servant, and she meets these two guys, and they end up uh, convincing her to sit down for a picnic, and they end up uh, Raping and killing her. And, um, this is a 60s film. So, it's it's not very graphic, but it's very straight to the point. Yeah. And it does the job. And... So, she gets raped and killed. So, these three guys end up finding their way to the farm that she's from. Unknowingly. And, um... Gets to eat dinner there. And, uh... After dinner, they offer a dress to Karen's mother. It turns, and Karen, I mean, Karen's fucking mom. Shit, I'm butchering this.
0: Well, basically, Karen goes into the woods and gets raped and killed, and then the people who did it end up at her family's house, and shit and, happens.
2: Yeah, shit goes out
0: And it's, it's an Ingmar Bergman film, so it's not just... There's more going on underneath than just a basic revenge film.
1: Um, I really enjoyed this movie, actually. I don't know if I'd give it a super high rating, but I enjoyed it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I really... So this was my second Bergman I watched. Um, I watched it a couple months ago. Um, and I didn't, I didn't love it when I first watched it, but on second watch, I think I appreciate it a lot more. Um, but, yeah, it's... Well, one thing I really love about it is the um, cinematography and just the way it's shot? Oh, yeah,
1: the cinematography. Um, really...
0: uh, the cinematographer. I think it's uh, Sven Nykvist. I'm I'm probably saying that wrong because I don't know how to say those names. Uh, he did a whole bunch of other um cinematography for other Bergman films like Persona and Fanny and Alexander and Winter's Light and um, Tarkovsky's The Sacrifice as well, which I brought up earlier. But um, yeah, it's just really great use of like um lighting and like shadows and shit. I just um, like, technically, this film was, like, pretty much flawless, I think. Like, um, it's just a very um, technically well-made film. Um,
1: it's a very tight script.
0: Yeah. And it's only, like, 90 minutes, so it's not a huge commitment. Um,
1: yeah. um, the movie does a really good job of drilling into you the innocence of uh, poor Karen.
0: Yeah. It establishes the characters pretty well. Um, just from the first couple scenes with, um... Uh, what the fuck was her name? The pagan... Uh, it's like Ingry Or Ingry? Yeah, angry. Angry. Because she's angry, angry like, angry. Because she's always miserable and pissed off. Um... <laughs> but... Like, her and, like, how she's, like... Um... I guess she's, like, kind of resentful towards... Karen. Karen, whatever. Um because why was she exactly why was she mad, like mad at her she like puts like a frog inside of her bread and stuff she just seems yeah. generally like um yeah yeah and look, the character of the family and like um the father moxon Saito's character um tori i think his that. name is tor tori i'm not really sure and um her mother and um yeah it establishes um very well in the first couple of scenes because um, it does get right into it, pretty much. Yeah, it's a, it's a very effective film because um, at first, like, not, you know, nothing too intense is happening. And then, you know, when it gets to the scene when Karen is um, um, raped and killed, um, even though it's not very graphic um, for, you know, it's from the um, 1960s. Um, it, it's very, um, I think it's a very effective scene. Um, just because, like, before that, when they're having, like, a picnic, and, you know, she's, like, like you said, very naive. Um, yeah. And you can tell that they're not up to, you, you can tell something terrible is going to happen. And and then when she, when it does happen, it's, like, it's not very graphic, but it, it's kind of, it's very effective. Maybe you wouldn't expect that to happen in this type of movie? I don't know. Or just
1: how, um, I can't think of the word I want to say, but, um nonchalant, almost? Yeah. About how, how it's, uh, played out?
0: Yeah. It, it's a very important part of the movie that the whole family are, are um, they're all Christian, as well. Um, except yeah. for, um, In- Ingrid I think it is, um, she's pagan, or she worships Odin. Um, something about the Odin thing. Um, there's a scene when she, Ingrid um, she like splits off from Karen, going to the church. I, I kind of forget why she's afraid of the woods or something. Um, and she goes into okay. a guy who lives in the woods house, and he's like a weird dude, with, like he's one a bit eye, of
1: a weirdo guy, and he gives her a little speech.
0: Yeah, and he's like, he's telling her, um, like, kind of like he can see the future. Uh, he says, like, I, I. I Something like along the lines of um, um, three dead men are passing through. Kind of the you know the three go- um, the two guys who rape and kill um, Karen and the little kid they're with because you know eventually they're both uh, killed later on in the film. And it's, it's like he sees the kind of sees the future or something, and he's like trying to get um, he's like showing Ingrid like little tokens or something. And apparently I, I read this somewhere. Um, he's kind of. Is like Odin, I guess, (laughs) because like he has one eye. Apparently Odin has one eye. It's like a shot of a raven and like he can see the future or something. I I guess it's something I don't really know anything about um, Norse mythology. So like, I really like this film or I really I I love this film, but I don't really completely get what the deeper meanings of it are. Um, So I don't really know where the whole Odin thing kind of comes into play in the film, Um, maybe I'm just stupid and I'm missing something, but
1: towards the end, because there's a scene towards the end where they go off and find uh Karen's corpse,
0: yeah. The last scene, and when
1: they uh pick up the corpse off the ground, a uh, spring pretty much like forms where her body is.
0: That's the titular um virgin spring, I don't
1: know, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? They, like, pick up a body, and out comes the spring, and it's like, like chaos, not chaos, per se, but a tragedy into something beautiful, per se.
0: Yeah, um.
1: Because she was a virgin, and she died, well, she technically didn't die a virgin, but she died a virgin.
0: Yeah. So um...
1: she died largely innocent, and largely, like, a fountain of youth, if you will.
0: Yeah, I kind of saw um, her being a virgin um, and, you know, being raped um, as, like, kind of, they're kind of taking the innocence, um, kind of destroying the innocence of, like, not just her, but, like, the um, kind of, I don't know, kind of the family and, like, you know, especially, like, you know, the father, how he um, kills them. But um, it was, like, destroying their, like, uh, innocent world, kind of. Um, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a really interesting last scene.
1: Because um, there's a little monologue from uh, poor Max von Saito's character.
0: Oh yeah, when he's like, "Oh yeah, you saw a God," and like, you know, like, um, yeah, that's that's a great scene. Um, he's great in the film, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, Max Max von Saito, he's a great actor. This Seventh Seal, fucking Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah,
1: he's in the, uh, um. The force awakens he's the old guy at the beginning of it
0: yeah he is you know, the exorcist he's good in that um yeah there's uh speaking of his character um there's a great scene where he um so after the the i think they're like herdsmen or something um after they kill karen
1: oh uh, that's what they claim they are at least
0: yeah um after they kill Car- karen they go and um, they stay at her family's house, unaware that uh, that's her family. And yeah. um, there's a great seat when they're when they're like having dinner, and like the kid who's with who's with them. Um, you know, he very clearly is like um,
1: distraught by the events that have previously taken.
0: Place. Yeah, he he feels very. Um, like, guilty about it. Even though he didn't really do anything. I mean, I guess maybe he just didn't stop him. But, like, you know, he was kind of a part of it. Uh, and, like, he can't eat. He's
1: a kid. Um, he can't really Yeah. To... Um. They,
0: they They try to sell um, Karen's clothes, which was, like, earlier in the day. Um...
1: They try to sell Karen's mother the clothes as an offering or thanks, if you will, for letting them stay overnight and eat dinner. Yeah.
0: And it was like her, her like fancy clothes, because that's, you know, she wanted to go out looking nice or whatever um, yeah. to the church. And, um, you know, the mother recognizes it and then tells um, Tor, Tor, the father, and father. there's that great scene where he's like, um, he goes out and he breaks down the tree. Um, that's just such a great part. I-, I love that part. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. Just like beautiful. Max on Saito breaking down a tree. Wait um and and then you know he's like he's like beating himself with it i guess it's like some kind of like religious thing like penance you know for what he's about to do or whatever uh, i think he says and then you know he's like give bring me the butcher's knife and that's something kind of interesting um why does he specifically kill the guys with a butcher knife because earlier in the movie you see him with like a sword or dagger he's like carrying it around Yeah. Is there some kind of significance to him specifically killing him with a butcher's knife?
1: I I definitely missed it if there was something ulterior with that.
0: And um that's just that whole sequence. Um, you know, he goes there and sits down and like waits for a little bit while they're sleeping and then he he kills them. And it's pretty like I mean it's not very like gruesome or anything, but it's pretty brutal for like an older film. Um he even kills the kid, which was and it's, like, after that, after he kills the kid, he's kind of, like, he kind of, like, instantly kind of feels, you know, realizes what he's done. Um,
1: yeah. Honestly, and, did not expect him to kill the kid. I was, like, in my mind, for some reason, thinking they were going to let the kid live, because he was kind of innocent, I guess. Yeah. No way.
0: Yeah. The, I, even though I've seen this before, when I was watching, I was like, oh, they're not going to do it. He's not going to <laughs> But, yeah, just eats <laughs> him to the wall. Um, but, um, yeah, and then to go and find karen's body and then you know he, he has his monologue and he's like you know you, you saw it god you know why did you let this happen and yeah yeah it's just such a and it's like you know i'm gonna i'll make up for what i've done by building a church here or whatever but like i don't know it's just me i feel like i'm kind of missing the deeper meanings just like i mean i've seen a bunch of other or several other bergman films and i feel like i'm i, I don't really not that i'm supposed to like get on like oh i fully understand it but like I feel like i just kind of missed something you know like um i don't know i, I feel like i'm kind of missing the deeper meaning of this film
2: um, Some yeah i
0: don't know but it, it's just um yeah that's that's great and then um like you said part with the spring and then it, it ends doesn't well, it?
1: very much like uh, what's the word i'm looking for like a I don't want to say cautionary tale, per se, but, like, a little... Um... What is the fucking word? Like, a little story that, uh... you might find in the Bible or something.
0: What the... Like, parable? Parable?
1: What?
2: Um...
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um... And... Yeah, it's just really... I really I really love this film, but I, I do feel like I'm kind of maybe not connecting with a certain part of it or just sort of missing something. I don't know. Maybe I'll... Um, maybe I'll get more out of it on rewatch.
1: The pacing is very tight. Like, the movie ended up flying by quicker than I thought it would, because every scene never overstays its welcome or anything. It's very... Nice tightly written scrap.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's how all the Bergmans I've seen are. Um, I kind of wish I had more to say about it, but that's about it.
1: We could probably say a little bit more when we're getting into the parallels between the last house on the left.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but just to kind of wrap it up, um, I'd give this an 8 out of 10. Um, um, very solid probably...
1: film go around to 7,
0: Yeah, that's why I gave it my first watch, but the second watch, I liked it more. Uh, but, yeah, if you haven't realized by now, I'm a dumb lizard brain who, whatever deeper mean implications of this were completely lost on me. But I still love it as a great piece of filmmaking. Um, and it's just, yeah, really solid film. Um, it's not my favorite Bergman that I've seen. Um, I think I like Winter Light or Seven Seal more, but... Yeah, like I, I think this is a good film, at least from what I've seen, of Bergman's films. Um,
1: definitely an interesting starting point for me. Yeah,
0: it's kind of a good starting point, because say if you started with something like Persona, um, where it's maybe a bit more experimental and weird. Um yeah, this is a kind of I was good gonna start with like the
1: seventh still. Not still the seventh yeah, still that's a good
0: one as a one. well. I would say this one is probably a really good starting place because, like we said, it's kind of there is deeper meanings and, and stuff, but like you can watch it as like a, a story that plays out without, you know, being too confused with it. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah.
1: Right. I saw some time.
0: Okay. So now, um, getting onto the the main main attraction here. Um, last house on the left from 1972, um, directed by horror icon, Wes Craven. So I want to talk about this one with the Virgin spring because, um uh, Wes Craven was very, um, inspired by the Virgin pretty Springs. The just, same just, film. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's pretty much a remake of the Virgin spring, except for made as a, um, like a seventies exploitation movie. Um, and unlike The Virgin Spring, um, it kind of looks like shit, and the acting is bad, and I kind of fucking love it. Um, <laughs> I, I I do not. Okay, so, uh, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think of this one? Because I know you, I know you like some of um, Wes Craig's other films, like Scream, I know you've said before it's your favorite film. Um, so what do, you, what do you think of this one?
1: I, I didn't really think much about it. I thought it was very uh, lackluster, a bit uh, edgy, lacked a bunch of substance, was just, as mentioned before, the acting was bad. The script is kind of, man, really mediocre. Mm. Soundtrack was very odd. <laughs> yeah, for sure. film. Um... And the tone is it's very tonally uh, balanced All over the place, yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said there. But I really love this movie. Um, So this is my third watch. Um, I watched it a, a while back and I thought, you know, it's pretty good. And then I rewatched it again this spring. um, And I really started to like it more. And now I really... I, I kind of love this movie. Um, So, yeah. So this is Wes Craven's
1: directorial debut?
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> this film, mm. West, um, West Craven's directorial debut, Um, it's very, yeah, like you said, it's very low budget. Um, It's, yeah, the tone's all over the place. It's kind of not, like, technically it's not the greatest, but I really kind of love the, um, just like Very the,
1: much uh, exportation film.
0: Yeah, I really love the, um, so... I'm not sure if I've really talked about it on here before, but I'm a big fan of, like, disturbing movies. Um, it's just something that interests me, and I really like um, just stuff that pushes the boundaries. And, you know, there's a lot of garbage, like, disturbing in close movies. But, um, I don't know, I, just this one, I really like the tone of the, um, like, the 70s grindhouse exploitation, um, like, gritty feel to the film. And e- even though there is, like, a lot wrong with it, I really just enjoy that. I think it has a certain charm, like, um, I don't know, just other movies don't have. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all over the place, but, like...
1: This uh, this is totally not what I expected it to be like at all, to be honest. Like, the title makes it seem like it's this house that they're gonna be in is a fucking hellhole, but it's it's not really about a house at all.
0: Yeah, like, the, the thing is, it's like, it rests on 13 acres of hell is like the you know um I'm not sure if you've seen it but there's all kinds of like um whole marketing around this film was like it's like the most shocking disturbing thing it's like um in the in, in the trailer for it it's like um to s- say to yourself to avoid fainting it's only a movie you know like that type of thing like um but yeah I know what you mean it's, it's not really about the I mean
1: I the, guess it the was very shocking and jarring but now Compared to a lot, it's very, uh, black and lazy to me. I
0: know what you mean, but like, yeah, like, if you look at it by today's standards, it's not very disturbing. Um, I, I do think it's pretty, um, it's a pretty mean-spirited film. Um, and it's definitely got some disturbing scenes, but like, I mean, I don't really think it's disturbing, but.
1: we were gonna be in a house the whole time, and that's where all the torture was, and the criminals yeah. are gonna be like mocking and teasing parents of the girl or some shit, and it's totally not like that at all.
0: Yeah, but like, imagine like your parents or even like grandparents watching this in the 70s, when you're not like desensitized to like violence and sex and you know, um, that type of thing. That yeah, everyone... America... Not that that's a bad thing, not that I'm like saying it desensitized nowadays, but like, for the time it, it was pretty hardcore, you know? Um, and you kind of have to look at it through that lens more um but and because this was like a very um despite kind of being a sort of um horror classic in a way um a lot of people do hate this film and especially when it was released a lot of people it was very controversial a lot of people hated it Um, it was banned in the uk it was um banned in australia i think it was um very heavily had to edit it down to avoid like x ratings and just to play it in theaters and um, people were like. Uh, apparently, people were always like throwing up and fainting in the theaters and stuff. Um, so yeah. it, it did get a very visceral reaction when it was released. Um, but yeah, by t- today's standards, it's, it's not really the most extreme thing ever, you know. Um, uh, I guess we didn't really give a plot description, but it's pretty much the same as *The Virgin Spring*. Um, two teenage girls go out to, because um, it's a birthday. Uh, What the fuck is her name? Um, Mary. Mary. Yeah, Mary. Um, It's her birthday, and they go out, and they try to get by weed, and they run into a gang of really sleazy um, criminals, who eventually end up, like, same as Virgin Spring, raping and killing them, and they end up in their parents' house. Yeah, she meets Um, a
1: guy who says he has some weed, takes it to an apartment, her and a friend, and uh, they did not have weed yeah, were the guys who were had escaped from prison, as it hinted beforehand earlier in the film.
0: Mm. I actually really like that um, first uh, introduction scene to um, um, Krug is his name Krug and his whole gang of um, scumbags. Like it's like they're driving in the car, Mary and I think her name's Phyllis. And it's like her friend. Anyway, they're driving the, on the radio. They're saying like these. Um, dangerous criminals have ex- have escaped from prison or whatever, and they're wanted, and, like, you see, um, it's just, I think that's kind of a good scene. It's like, um, they're, like, in, like, a shady alley or some shit, and, um...
1: I just want to mention that the name Krug Stillo is a very, uh... What's the word? Cartoony? Name for, for a villain? Very, uh... You don't meet
0: people named Krug. Yeah, it's kind of like in the other, um... West Craven film Freddy Krueger. I don't know yeah. if there's any connection there, but I
1: didn't think about that.
0: He also um, killed young people and were and he was killed by um, their parents, which is a maybe a coincidence. I don't know. Um, I took I made way too many notes for this. I have like five pages of notes fuck um, so what's really <laughs> weird about this movie is like it is very dark. Um, you know. the the two teenage girls being um kind of abducted by these um violent criminals and then you know abused and raped and then killed. Um but it keeps cutting back to like really goofy shit with like these two like screwball cops. (laughs) Um
1: like (laughs) very internally weird.
0: Like I don't really know why um they made the choice to like have that like goofiness. And also there's scenes where like like say when they're taking him out to the woods um, there's like a song um, I think that was made by David Hess um, the actor of Krug um, it, it, it's called like Sadie and Krug and it's like the lyrics are like Sadie and Krug are going out to have fun with these teenage girls or something like that it's like really weird like I'm not sure if it was supposed to be funny or if it was supposed to make it like morbid um, or like kind of in the first scene when they're um, they go and um Mary and Phyllis, they go into the um, room, think they're gonna buy weed, and, like, they all, like, um, they're, like, threatening on it. The guy pulls out a knife or whatever. And it's cutting kind of yeah. between that and their parents, like, making a, a birthday, like, setting a birthday stuff, and, like, they're kind of yeah. being goofy, too. It's, like, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be, like, it's just odd. Like, the tone is I very guess, odd, because I'm not yeah. sure if it's supposed to make it, like, morbid. Like, oh, look, they don't know what's happening, or, like, but especially with the cop stuff, like, I, I don't know what's with those two screwball cops, and, I mean, like... I
1: don't I don't know if you're very much into true crime or stuff, but sometimes uh, cops, uh... are dumb.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess it kind of fits in that regard.
0: But, like, it'll cut to it, you know, from something really horrific, like... You know, um... Mm-hmm. Through, like, to, you know, torturing the girls or whatever. And then i will cut to them, like, oh, you know, we're out of gas, we need to, um get a ride on this lady's chicken truck. It's full of chickens, oh, yeah. so and we're gonna fall off the it. It's, like, really just, like...
1: Plastic. I'm not,
0: you know, maybe... Yeah, and, like, I thought maybe, like, what they were going for... Because it almost feels like that's, like, out of, like, a sitcom or something. And same with, like, kind of the opening scene, or one of the opening scenes when Mary's with her parents, and she's saying, like, they're gonna go out, and the guy's, like, um, or her father's, like, um kind of saying, like, you're not wearing a bra or whatever, you know, like, that kind of felt like it was out of, like, a sitcom or something, too. And maybe Wes Craven was going, for, or maybe they were going for, like, a um, they were showing those characters as kind of like this goofy, sort of generic um, characters you'd see in something else, like a sitcom, and what would happen if they were in this horrific situation. You know? maybe i'm not really sure um or maybe they just thought they'd throw in some funny moments to lighten it up even though it's a a very darkness yeah um but i feel like that's kind of contradictory to the whole thing because um i watched some interviews too um with westgrave and like the whole point was kind of to make something that like didn't shy away from being um you know be an exploitation movie be something that's really dark something you haven't seen before that's just you know it doesn't hold back um yeah. I, I probably have more to say about this than you do, so I'll probably be talking a lot. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, but there are some parts of it, um, especially earlier on, that are kind of pointless. Um, like the scene when, uh, what the fuck was his name? It was like Junior or something? It's like yeah. um, Krug's son. That's right. um, yeah. yeah, he's like sitting there um, with Sadie. Uh, that's like Krug's girlfriend, or, I guess. And um, and she's in the bathtub and he's like saying, I wish I was a frog so I can sit on a lily pan and go rip it. It's like, that entire scene was like entirely pointless. <laughs> like, um, there are things like that that are just like, also like the movie kind of looks like shit. I mean, it, some scenes have like a kind of a cool, like gritty aesthetic, but like overall, it kind of looks like shit. And some of the acting is not the best. Um, like, I did think that um, David Hess as Krug, um, I thought he was good. Um yeah. I, I thought he was played a um kind of an intimidating he had an intimidating presence to him. Um I don't know. Um For some reason there's a bunch of there are several like shots of ducks. Like he keeps like cutting to shots of ducks for some reason. And yeah. at one point the deputy or one of the cops says like Um Oh I wish I was something else and the other guy says, What, like a duck or something? I'm sure that's the key to um, unraveling the secrets of this movie, just <laughs> to point that out. Um, um, the, the deeper meaning of, you know, what, what really is a duck, I don't know.
1: Humans have um, been raped, and ducks are not? Yeah.
0: Or maybe we're all just ducks in the end, you know? Just don't, do ducks, like, rape a lot?
1: Why? Maybe there is some... Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Don't there's... they always rape other ducks?
0: And have, I don't, in, uh, whatever dolphins? um dolphins that's it that's yeah ducks have um um spiral spiral dicks
1: penises yeah, yeah. that's not that really
0: um anyway so yeah uh eventually they go, on, go out into the woods and apparently that was like um one of the guys i, I think it was sean cunningham you know, he was, uh, like, a producer and writer on this. Um, he eventually did, like, um, Friday the 13th. You know, he started that whole franchise. Um, yeah. But I think it was just, like, his, like, backyard, those woods. <laughs> I think. Um, I think they said something like that in the bonus features. But, um, yeah, they, they, um, kind of torture him and rake him for a bit or whatever, and then they, um, they kill Phyllis, and they disembowel her, which is kind of, uh, one of the more disturbing moments, I thought. Cause yeah. You don't see that many disembowelings in movies. I don't fucking know. Um, and then, yeah, they kill them both. And there's an odd moment where um, after, I think, Krug rapes Mary, he'll. it's almost like they feel bad about what they did. Like, they're all just kind of standing there in, like, disgust. Um, I don't know, because it, it's like, their entire thing is they're well, made out to be, like, kind of like cold heartless psychopaths but like for that one moment they're just kind of it feels like they, they're almost like what do we do yeah and then they they like shoot her and she falls like or whatever and then and then they go to uh her parents house not knowing that's her parents house but like earlier when they went into the woods um you see like her driveway like she's so, like, aren't they, like, right next to there? And, like, they're, like, shooting and stuff and making all that noise. Like, why would they go directly, like, I don't know, like, half a mile away or, or like, whatever, to, to the house? Uh, I don't know. It's, maybe it's
1: just a. It's a 70s movie. You can't take that deep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they're very hospitable. They'll let them in. Um, and... What the fuck happens? Does the mother? I think her name's Estelle. She notices that um, the guy
1: is throwing up in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, cause yeah, he's... Junior, because he's a heroin addict, apparently. Yeah. yeah it, and she sees that he's wearing Mary's like that. necklace that they gave to her earlier in the movie. But it's like a peace necklace. And like, yeah. is that really such a giveaway thing for someone to be wearing a peace necklace in the early '70s? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like uh, Is that
0: really a dead giveaway that that was Mary's or whatever? Uh, I mean, but, not but then she
1: really. But it gives her. The, <laughs> it, it's not the dead giveaway because she suspects it, and then she yeah. And then she checks the suitcase
0: record. and finds her bloody clothes or whatever. Um, and then it kind of gets into my probably my favorite part of the movie, um, which is the part where they kind of get their revenge on the um, yeah. crew and his gang, and. um there's a weird dinner scene where they're like sitting there eating and it's like behind them's completely black. It's like they're on a sound state or like on a, you know, <laughs> I don't know what that was. It was, it's just, it's kind of cool looking, but like, I don't know why it's completely dark. uh anyway. Um, yeah, they, um, I think what's the father's name? Whatever. Her father, I think his name's John. Um, he like sets yeah. up a bunch of traps, home alone style. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, even though he has a gun, I don't know why he had to go through all the trouble when he could have just went and shot him. But anyway, and uh, the mother, she like kind of is like seducing. Uh, I think his name's Fred. He's one of the cruise guys, and she's like seducing him. And what's weird is like that entire time, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: she's like. So it's like they just found. You know, they went out in the lake and they found Mary's body, and they're all upset. And then like they're completely, or she's completely like. Composed, uh, and like she's like very completely into this whole like she's seducing him act. I'm not um,
1: sure, bodies <laughs> don't
0: really flow. Well,
1: was probably I in guess like the
0: shallow is... end, she, I she don't was know. like in the shallower end of the lake, but um, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny that she's like completely just into this mode of like okay, now I'm gonna do this act, and like, yeah, uh, I don't know. It was kind of funny. Then I mean, she, What the fuck happened? She like bites his dick off, doesn't she? She gets his. A...
1: Dick caught in something. I remember the joke where he like she's like it's small and he's like oh no it's not you just scared him a little bit <laughs> <Really>? yeah <laughs> oh yeah
0: or like yeah she says like oh poor little guy and he's like it's not little you just scared him <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah there's some he... doesn't he say something else funny in that scene like um oh, what the fuck is it she says like oh um. All right. she like ties it ties up his hands or something and he's like i, I can like i can fuck you with like, my hands tied behind my back because i'm that super <laughs> uh, and yeah and then um father goes in and confronts Krug, and they get into like a fight i like that whole scene because Krug's like you know he's like a big guy he's like completely um overpowers um, the father, and he's just yeah. like, you know, hit me with my best shot, you know, that's the best, is that the best you can do? And, like, he's, like, taunting him. Uh, that, that's a kind of a great scene. Um, and then, uh, what the fuck happens? He, like, he goes into the basement, and gets a chainsaw, okay. and I, I love that whole part when it just comes up and, like, the look on his face when he's got the chainsaw and, like, the camera works, like, all, like, intense and shaky, and he's, like, chasing him around the living room with it. It's just that's a, I don't know, great scene um that's probably my favorite part of it and um
1: he gets electrocuted
0: yeah it gets electrocuted oh actually maybe i'm first he gets electrocuted and then um his son comes out with a gun and shoots him like in the shoulder or whatever um fucking crook he shoots crook and you know he's completely and he's like afraid of him so and he's like you know point the gun at me and pull the trigger and like that whole part is good and he's, like you know all right now put it in your mouth and blow your brains and it's like yelling at him or whatever And it's just, like, the way he plays the character, he's, like, very intimidating, and, like, you can see why the son would be so afraid of him, especially because he's, like, I don't know, he's completely, his brain's, like, probably completely fried, you know, from being a drug addict or whatever. I don't know, it's just such an intense scene. Like, there is some bad acting, and there are some pretty bad parts of this movie that are, like, lame and dumb, but I I think that whole sequence is, like, very intense, you know, like, when the son kills himself, and then... Um, the father comes out with a chainsaw and um, it's kind of goofy the Sadie uh, she like runs out and like falls into the pool but it's like <laughs> it didn't really look like it was dark enough for her to fall just like not see that there's a giant pool there um,
1: Surprise pool!
0: And then like the mother like slits her throat and John like yeah, you don't see brutal. it but but he like yeah just cuts up or completely fucking mutilates um krug with the chainsaw and, like just at that moment finally the goofball cops show up and it's like don't do it <laughs> and after like I, you like you don't you haven't heard from them in the past like half hour of the movie and then suddenly they just show up at the very end and it ends it's, and they're just sitting there and they're like you know shit look what happened this is what happened you know and they're miserable and it ends <laughs> and like it's just like such a bleak movie like i, I don't know I- um and in the ending credits there's like uh like uh, um cheerful like upbeat banjo music playing and it's like showing all the um oh. it's like the characters and was like parts not like particularly like um uh the more disturbing parts of the movie but it's like showing them like happy and it's like freeze frames and it says like the actor's name like it's yeah. fucking like um sitcom like opener and it's like such a weird I, I think I think that specifically was just done to be like more extra morbid and make it like you know like you f- like fuck <laughs> um, and uh yeah I, I don't know, I'm going on and on, but um, yeah, I just like this movie, I think it's got a decent first two acts and a really great third act i don't know what do you think uh, I'm kind of going on and on about this third act but I, I just thought it's like a really good. Like solid last fifteen minutes are like really really good.
1: I, I don't know. Didn't really find much of anything of substance in there. It just felt like uh, it was just disturbing to be disturbing and scary without actually putting thought into anything. Because hmm. I mean, humans are probably um. What, what am I trying to say here? Great. The real masters of the world. But uh...
0: yeah, and like. You know, I watched an interview, and Wes Craven was saying, like, um, in that time, um, in, like, the, you know, late 60s, early 70s, um, you know, there were all kinds of images, like, documentaries or whatever coming back from, like, the Vietnam War. And, like, people were seeing how disturbing, or all this, like, disturbing graphic stuff. Um, And in the movies, or, like, the popular movies, like, Westerns and shit, it's all, like, glamorized and cool, the violence, like... Yeah, and he said, like, you know, he just wanted to make something that was real and that, like, really just shows it as something like this is horrible and disturbing. the violence in it. And I don't know, I, I see what you mean. It's just kind of being shocks for shock's sake. And, but I just think it does it really well. And I, I think the movie is effective in what it's going for. Um, um, even though it is pretty flawed, I, I, I do love this movie. Um, that's about all I got to say about it. Um, uh, so how would you how would you rate this? How would you rate this um, out of
1: ten? Out of ten. Probably like four, four. Four. out of ten.
0: Okay. Okay. I would give it same as Virgin Spring, actually. Eight out of ten. Uh I really uh, like this movie. It's a kind of a mix of really like how unflinchingly brutal and mean spirited it is and um I also like I, I think it's funny and I kind of I guess ironically, like, enjoy the um, more incompetent parts, especially, like, the inconsistent tone, some of the bad acting, and uh, the weird music choices, but, um, I don't know, it kind of takes balls to make a movie like this in, in that era. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just really enjoy this movie. Um, I would say The Virgin Spring is a better film uh, in pretty much every aspect, um, even in, like, some of the, like, the rape and murder scene in The Virgin Spring. Um, even in *The Last House and Left*, it's a way more graphically shown. Um, I feel like it's more that type of scene is way more effective in *The Virgin Spring*. Um,
1: yeah, I feel like you don't necessarily even have to be yeah, graphic to get yeah, the. Yeah, like, it, it's more. Of it.
0: um, yeah, so but like, I still I, I still really love both of these films, um, and for completely different reasons. And even though they have the same premise, they are completely different, like wildly different films. And I thought that would make for an interesting so, Um, yeah. I also watched some bonus features, just real quick, a few more things. Um, I watched, uh, uh, it was a, like a 50-minute documentary called Celluloid, Celluloid Crime of the Century, which is a documentary about um, this film and like the actors talking about it and stuff. Um, and apparently a, a lot of the, or several of the actors, um, the actor of Sadie, Um, and Krug's son and what the fuck is his name, Fred Um, they all like kind of hate the film and think it's terrible and one of the worst things they've made (laughs) and like um, they regret making it because like apparently like after that like people like kind of hated them because it's like oh they you know they contributed to making this depraved thing Um, but I don't know Wes Craven he he didn't seem to hate it Um, so that's nice (laughs) I guess Uh, originally it was supposed to be like a really hardcore like porn film with like necrophilia in
1: it i I saw that so
0: that's cool i kind of want to see that version of it it sounded interesting but because i'm a sick fuck um
1: we would have watched it on pornhub instead of uh i am i'm not particularly a huge I haven't seen a lot of Wes Craven's early stuff. Craven's early stuff, but uh, I didn't even like the original uh, Hills of Eyes. Mm. I just thought it was boring, like I did this one. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I like the. I haven't seen too much of his early stuff either, but I've also seen the Hills of Eyes, and I, I like that one. Um, I actually prefer the remake, which is something you'll never hear me saying, uh, especially like
1: I prefer the remake with well. uh,
0: especially horror remakes. And speaking of horror remakes of Wes Craven films from the seventies. Um, I also watched The Last House on the Left remake from 2009, uh, directed by Dennis Iliadis. I don't know. Um, I don't have too many thoughts, but I just have a few things I want to say about it. Um, So this movie is way more um, technically well-made, and the acting's better, and it looks better and stuff, but it just takes away from the charm of the original, I think. Um, It it just makes it more generic. Um, the characters are more generic. It's got more generic scenes, um, and it, it is a decent movie. Um, it's definitely one of the better horror remakes out there. But I feel like it just kind of misses the whole, misses the mark of what the original was going for. Because like, it's you know it's the same story and stuff. But um, I guess spoilers for it. I mean, there's some differences. So, do you mind being spoiled for the remake? there are some differences all right they make it just as brutal i mean that is a very violent film the remake um as the original um it really doesn't hold back in that part but for some reason they make the choice to have um mary doesn't die for some reason like and it really doesn't add anything to the plot and like you don't really see much of her in the third act um other than like i don't know they like drive off with her at the end but feel like that kind of just takes away a lot from it and like for no reason because it's still a very brutal movie and it's not like they're toning it down to make it like PG-13 or something so I, I just I don't get why they did that um, also it has more of like a um, I hate to say torture porn because I hate that term but that kind of post saw um, really like gruesome like gruesome torture type of thing like um, oh yeah Aaron Paul's in this movie Um oh. Good old Jesse from Breaking Bad. Uh, but he gets, like, his arm, like, shoved down a um, garbage disposal. And <laughs> oh, and um, there's a scene where a guy gets his head put in a microwave and it explodes. Like, that's actually how the movie ends. Like, the, um, the father, like, takes Cruz's character and, like, ties him up. and yeah, And I think it's, like, the next day, too. So it kind of takes away the whole element of the first one, where it's, like, this, like, outburst of violence from the parents to, like kill him and it's like um he like planned it out he like tied him all up and like put him inside of a microwave like his head explodes that's a really cool effect and it's a really good scene but like i feel like it just takes so much away from the ending of the of how the original ended with them just like sitting there like i don't know um i don't know there's just different choices in the film also like for some reason the father is just a complete miserable piece of shit in this one like even like early on and stuff he's just kind of an asshole i don't know Um, yeah, I really don't have much to say about this. It's okay, but it's one of the better horror remakes out there. It's it's not, it's nothing terrible. Um, and if the original didn't exist, I'd probably like it, but I don't know. It's, eh. Um. It pales in comparison. it really does. I mean, maybe you'd like it more since you weren't the biggest fan of the original. I don't know. Um, but just, yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't see why this is changes. Like they, like they changed the. You know, the whole, like, blow your brains out scenes with the sun and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I just, I don't see why they made the choices they did. And, but it's, it's okay.
1: I guess to be different.
0: And, but it's not different because it's the same movie, but it's just more generic. And I don't know, at least the effects are good. It's got some cool scenes. I'd give it like a five out of ten. Uh, that's my mini review um, of that. If anybody gave a shit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Okay. So speaking of movies. Um, I... What have we watched this week? What have you watched? Cause I've seen I a have
1: bunch. not watched much of anything. I watched about two more episodes of Succession, that's about it. I played a lot of video games, that's
0: mostly it. Okay, um... Uh, yeah, I actually... I tried to watch more movies this week. Um, kind of like last week, I'm kind of getting back into watching movies instead of watching a show, so... Uh, I finally watched The Green Knight, uh, the new David Lowery film, um, and it's finally some, finally a good movie from 2021. I feel like pretty much everything I've seen from 2021 so far I've rated pretty lowly, or average, so, that's good. Um, I didn't love it, but it's, it's, I liked it. It's a good movie. Um.
1: Hopefully Candyman will be into that list of good stuff.
0: Yeah, that looks interesting. Um. I also watched Welcome or No Trespassing by Elm Klimov, um, the director of Come and See. Um, And for being from the director of Come and See, which is like the most brutal, horrifying war movie ever made, at least that I've seen, um, it's like very lighthearted, fun comedy. Um, It reminded me a lot of Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson. Um, So that was interesting. I, I don't usually like comedies, but this one just really did it for me. Really enjoyed that. Um... I'd like to talk about that at some point on on here, actually. It's it's an interesting one. Like, barely anyone's seen it, apparently. So, um, I also watched the television version of, or the miniseries version of Fanny and Alexander playing Mar Bergman. Um, really, really good four-part miniseries. Um, I think it was Bergman's last thing he made. I'm not sure. Maybe it was his second to last. I I don't really know. Um, but it's really great. Um, I still want to see the film cut of it, but
1: the film. Yeah, because
0: there's a three-hour movie version, and then there's like a five-hour miniseries version. And Ooh. I really, I really love the um, long version. But I heard the three versions may be a bit more. Um, um, what's the word? Yeah, concise, concise kind of. Yeah, I hear hear both versions are really good, and I really love the version I saw, so I kind of want to see the other one. I own the, like, um, Criterion Ingmar Bergman box set, so I own both of them, so I'll probably get to that at some point. But, yeah, that was really good. Uh, I also finally got around to seeing Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa, and I loved it. Saw wait? Yes. And I'm glad I finally saw a Kurosawa movie that really connected with me, because, like we talked about on the episode with Yojimbo, Um, I was afraid that he'd be one of those where it's like I was just waiting and waiting to see a film from him that really connected and like none of them really do because I hate to do that with like famous directors because everyone always raves about their films and I'm like, eh, I don't know but yeah, finally I can say I really love a Kurosawa film and I'm excited to see more from him I also saw Stoker from Park Chan-wook one of his American films and it was pretty good I didn't love it but I don't know. It was good. It looked. It was technically well made. A lot of good editing. Look like at every park, park, chin film. Mm. Um, also saw Sex, Lies, and Videotape* by Steven Soderbergh. Um, I watched it right before recording this actually. Um, it was also really good. Um, it gave me big like *American Beauty* vibes. Seeing James Spader in it remind me. I, I should rewatch *Crash* by David Cronenberg. Because first time I saw that, like, I didn't really like it. But every time I thought about it after, I thought like, man, I should rewatch that. That was like a good movie.
1: I don't think I've seen a single Cronenberg like after the eighties.
0: Yeah, I kind of like want to get the Criterion Crash and rewatch it. I don't know. Also, Sex and Lies and Videotapes has a Criterion, but it's only on DVD. They should re-release it on Blu-ray. That'd be cool. I'd probably buy that. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um. Shit, I just realized, I didn't say earlier. <laughs> um, um, yeah, our the special guest we hint, hinted at uh, coming on uh, didn't get to come on because of scheduling problems. Um, so that sucks, but I'm glad we didn't name names so it wasn't weird. Um, he'll Or they'll probably be coming on at some other point, hopefully. So I probably should have said that at the beginning. I should edit this into the beginning. Uh, so next week... It's a listener listener recommendation. Like we'll do every third episode if we get recommendations. Um, this particular one is from the the sun is bright. So shout out the sun is bright for recommending us some movies. Um, this will be a a double feature um, of romance epics of um, uh, Victor Fleming's 1939 film Gone with the Wind. And Tom Hooper's 2013 film *Les Miserables*. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um,
1: I have not seen either of these, and it's not really my genre. Yeah, me neither, especially musicals. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to dive into *Les Mis*, which is has a lot of critical acclaim and a lot of actors singing. Yeah, it, Hugh Jackman. But don't you? Apparently, it.
0: like all the dialogue in it is like singing so that's interesting um yeah i've I've wanted to see gone with the wind for quite a while now since it's a classic and i haven't seen too many older films um pre-60s but it's just like so long i've never really been like um it's never been a high priority so i'm glad i i'll finally be able to see it yeah um so that'll be interesting and any other recommendations are welcome down in there in the comments, comment section below. Um, also, ask any questions, because we're going to try and make that a segment on here. And, uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, Hopefully this was a... SAS thank you
2: for tuning uh,
0: Satisfactory episode. So, yeah. Uh, goodbye, everyone, until next week, or whenever you're watching this.
2: And... Uh, Yeah.